What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited that you joined us today because we have a very special guest, and we've been through a lot trying to get this going, so I'm so excited to bring you J.R. Fisher today. J.R. is a serial entrepreneur, and he has generated millions in sales from both digital and physical products. He is the founder of Survival Cave Food, which is one of the top survival food manufacturers in America, and he is also an author of books and courses on how to make money online, and he has a YouTube channel of over 1,300 videos, and I am excited for you to meet him, learn his story, and glean as much as you can from him today. So let's cue the intro, and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. JR, thank you for joining me today. So Absolutely. Glad to have you. Good to be here. We had a uh, we had a challenging time getting this to work, but we figured <laughs> it out and we got it now. So I'm excited to introduce you to our audience. I want to start off by talking a little bit about backstory. I always find that it's exciting and fun for other entrepreneurs that are working up their way in the business and in being an entrepreneur to learn how other people have done it and how other people have made it through this crazy journey. So how did you get started in this entrepreneur game and, and moving down this path? Well, I, I got to tell you, I, um, I was working in a job that just – you know, the job was okay. Uh, I was an executive in the automotive industry, uh, but I really wanted more time for myself, for my kids. Uh, and who doesn't want more money, of course. of course. And I had a boss I just did not like. And I mean, some of you out there can maybe relate to that. But man, I, you know, they say that most people quit their jobs because of their boss, not because of money or anything else. Uh, and that was certainly me. Um, so I started uh, kind of dabbling with trying to sell stuff online. Um, I was horrible at it. I didn't, I didn't know how to send emails. I didn't know how to do anything, basically. Um, and I started off selling cell phone cases was my first product, selling oh them on gosh. eBay. Um, I rationalized that everybody had a cell phone so I could get rich selling cell phone cases. And sure. uh, I, I did not calculate well. <laughs> uh, I was making like you know 20 cents, 30 cents a dollar on a cell phone case. And then, of course, I would have to package it and put labels on it and ship it out and you know, I would have to buy 50 or 100 of these cell phone cases and, you know, I wouldn't sell enough of them. So I'd sell a few and then people would switch their phones and I'd put them in my closet. Uh, and I thank God I had a walk-in closet uh, because <laughs> I, I woke up one morning and all I had was a whole bunch of unsold cell phone cases. So that was my start. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, you've come a long way from doing that, but I feel like there's so many similar stories for so many people in that regard. And how did you make that next change? What, what was it that kicked you into the next thing? Um, I think really just not quitting, even though I should have, <laughs> <laughs> I should have quit so many times. Right. Um, and I kept trying different products. I tried camping products. I tried tools. I tried just all these different things. Um, and nothing really was working out. 
Um, and um, I, I finally got contacted by, because I, I had I had the name Survival Cave because I was selling all this survival type stuff oh, um, right. and not really making any money. And I had a company that contacted me um, that had freeze dried and dehydrated foods. And they were like, do you want to sell our stuff? I'm like, I'll sell anything. Cool. Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, so I did start selling that. It was not a good product. Uh, very high in sodium. It was unhealthy. Um, but at the time, I was also EMT in my part-time work. Uh, I was on the city of Virginia Beach ambulance. Um, so I ran calls, you know, one or two days a week. Ended up becoming an assistant squad commander for that. But the one thing I noticed was that nobody was prepared. You know, we lived on the East Coast. We lived in Virginia Beach area. Um, and when a hurricane or a storm would hit, nobody was prepared. The stores, you know, would be right on the shelves and there'd be no food. Um, so I, I felt like food was a good product to be selling. Um, so that's what I did. I sold this company's uh, survival food, but we ran into challenges. Um, I guess once we were into it a little bit, um, we originally were selling maybe a thousand, two thousand, then we got to four thousand. And then one month I had a sales of eighty thousand dollars. And I was like, wow, you know, 80 grand, that's that's enough. And of course, that wasn't my profit. Uh, that was just overall sales. But right. the point was, I had enough money. And here's the here's what I did. Here's what I calculated. I would make that every single month from that point forward or more. And nice. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any better. I thought, wow, well, if my sales are up to that point. They're going to continue being at that point or higher. Right. Um, so I quit my job uh, and I had been working out of my garage. And I got a little warehouse. I think it was eight or nine hundred square feet. The little office up front, and the little warehouse area in the back. Um, and it wasn't enough of a warehouse. When we got deliveries, um, they couldn't really back up to the back of it because it wasn't enough room. So we had this little rolling cart, and we would roll it through the back of the warehouse, through the office, down the sidewalk, out to wherever <laughs> the truck was. So it was uh, uh, pretty elaborate. <laughs> and I had a lot of people question my sanity. Uh, they said, you know, you had a, a decent job making good pay and now you're in this little warehouse and probably one of the worst neighborhoods in Chesapeake. Um, <laughs> but I, I did do that. And uh, then we ran into some difficulties. The company that was manufacturing the foods uh, got a little bit behind on deliveries. They were like a week behind. And I was like, no problem. It's a week. You know, I, I sold everything on eBay at the time. Uh, and then it was two weeks and then it was four weeks. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we were actually at the time going to gun shows. And I would bring some of that food with us and we would sell it there along with some other little camping products. Um, and I got up one morning and my wife and I were leaving for, uh, I believe it was Raleigh, North Carolina. I should remember this. And I went to check my listings on eBay and they were all gone. And I had several hundred listings. Um, and then I thought, I don't know why I thought this. I thought, I'm going to check my bank account. Uh, and I checked my bank account and over $20,000 had been withdrawn um, oh my gosh. from it. Um, and, uh, it was from PayPal that had taken the money out, uh, and guys listening to this, okay. Don't ever process credit cards through PayPal. Do not do it <laughs> because then they can attach your account and they can take whatever they want. Uh, and since I was pretty far behind on deliveries, they just determined that I wasn't solvent. They took down all my listings and they took money for reserves, uh, for the refunds that I would probably have to do. Um, so I sat there, you know, in my warehouse and I said, well, um, I got a problem here in which I should have quit again. You know, I should have quit. Uh, and I did not, <laughs> um, I found a, a way to manufacture my own freeze dried, dehydrated foods what? and, um, started selling that instead, instead of this other company. Uh, and I, I finally got my money back after contacting several lawyers and 
state attorney general in California and finally got my money back to PayPal. That's that's a whole story in itself. Wow. Um, because that, that would have put us out of business, basically. You know, at sure. the time, you know, I wasn't generating that much. Um, and um, I set up my website and I started selling this product. Well, I didn't really start selling it because nothing sold in the beginning. I had my own <laughs> brand and all that, but nobody knew about us. They didn't know who we were. Right. Uh, and I was naive enough to think if you have a website, you're rich. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> build a right. website and everybody's just going to show up and buy stuff from you. Uh, and it did not work that way. But trust <laughs> me, it does not work that way. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of abandoned websites out there, I, I can assure you. Yes. Um, so from that point, what happened at that point? Um, I decided that I needed traffic. So I, I heard about this thing called SEO. Oh, uh, so I started doing SEO and I thought, well, I'll fix this in a week. And, you know, all of a sudden I'll get a bunch of traffic because within a week I should give me enough time to sure. do my SEO. <laughs> Little <laughs> did I know that it takes months or years to get traffic off SEO. And right. I don't want to discourage anybody. You still need to do it. But right. uh, that's not that's not going to be the only thing that's going to work for you. So my next step, I looked around and I saw other sites that were survival sites. And I started drooling over their traffic. I'm like, wow, look at this camping site here. It gets tons of traffic. And wow, look at this one. The survival you know, site sells all these things and they get a lot of traffic. And I was like, man, if I only had their traffic. And then one day I woke up and I thought, what if I did have their traffic? Well, in other words, what if my product was on their website? Oh so <laughs> I got the idea to start uh, calling some of these websites. Sure. Uh, and I, I, I said, well, shoot, I'll just call them up and tell them that, you know, put my product on your site. You can sell it and then pay me and I'll ship it out. And I thought, well, that'd be an easy thing to do. So um, I started doing about 200 phone calls a day and getting about the equal number of no's <laughs> because nobody heard of me. They didn't know anything about me. So then right. I started emailing them. Um, and then I finally got a guy in New York. Uh, and I think we discussed this uh, a little while back. And he said, I'll put your food on my website. I'm like, great. What's your website? He said, I don't have one yet. But I'm going to be building one and I'm going to put your food on my website. So I got my little yellow folder and I had him fill out a form, you know, that I had made up and he put all of his information on it. And I took that folder and I put it in a file cabinet of which I don't think those exist anymore. There's still file cabinets. I, I, you know? Know. I mean, the file cabinet's an odd thing. We moved from California to Texas about a year and a half ago. And I had a bunch of file cabinets in storage and I went to sell them and I found out nobody buys them. So I said, <laughs> well, well, what I'll do is I'll take it to Goodwill and I can donate it. They don't accept file cabinets. By what? The way. They don't accept them. It's so it's such a dead thing that they don't accept them. Wow. But anyhow, so I, I got this one folder with this one guy and that was enough motivation for me to keep doing my 200 phone calls, my emails and all that. Uh, and eventually, eventually I had a couple people say, yeah, I'll put it on my website, see how it does. And eventually it started selling a little bit. I started making some money. So I was a little out of the hole. Um, but then these sites that did have my product started saying, you know, this is freeze dried stuff. We really want to have protein. We want to have meat. So I investigated meat. There was freeze dried meat out there and it, it really looked like crumbly sand. You know, it wasn't like chunks of meat, like what you would think. Uh, and that was the majority of what was out there at the time. And you added water to it. And you had this mush that was supposed to be meat. Right. And I thought, nah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this is definitely not going to work. Um, so we finally came up with a process where we could can meat and actually cook it in the can, which would preserve it, kill any bacteria uh, and uh, tenderize it at the same time. And right. we started off with a really good quality of meat. Um and we only bought from four farms 
And I, we offered that to the people selling our survival food and that kind of took off. Wow. Uh, and that was probably my first big hit as far as a product online. And that, that, you know, that to this day does millions of dollars a year in that product. Um, and, you know, we sell it. If you know, if you Google survival cave food, you'll find it literally in, in you know, millions of sites and it's all over the place now. Um, and then it grew into other stuff. Do you want me to continue on or do you have any questions about that? Oh my gosh. I, you know, before you keep going, because I, well, I want to keep hearing about how it grew into its next iterations and, and what else you did. But how in the world did you continue when it wasn't like, you know, you said, I finally found this thing and it, and it finally took off. Like through all those years where it wasn't taking off and it wasn't working and you just kept having to do. How did you make it through that time? Like mentally emotionally how did you and your family make it through it just seems like that is a place where so many entrepreneurs have and struggle through how did you make it through yeah i'm a i don't, I don't know if you know of david goggins i'm a big david goggins fan do you know david sure like i just finished his second book i don't know have you, have you done the second book not yet no yeah it's there's absolutely absolutely no reason to quit Right. You know, no matter how bad things look, there's absolutely no reason to quit. And the the worse it seems, um, then there's probably a bigger payoff. Because if it's pretty easy to keep going, there's probably not that big of a payoff. So, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're having a lot of issues and a lot of problems and things are really going bad, you're very lucky. <laughs> you're very, very lucky. Um, one that. of my uh, past friends was uh, Sean Stevenson. Did you, do you know Sean Stevenson? No, I don't. Okay, so Sean Stevenson was born with uh, brittle bone disease, and they expected him to die within about three months. And what we can do is we can put a, a picture of Sean Stevenson up on the screen. Um, uh, he was confined to a wheelchair and uh, literally couldn't walk, couldn't bathe himself, couldn't go to the bathroom by himself. Um, and fast forward to his 30s, and he was a uh, PhD. Uh, he had worked with the Clinton White House. He had visited with Gandhi, uh, and he was a motivational speaker. Um, and when you look at Sean and like I said, we can put a picture up of him. Um, you think why in the world would this guy ever go on? And at the age of 17, he decided he was going to quit feeling sorry for himself and what he could do is what he would do. Uh, that was kind of his motto. Uh, and he ended up dying, uh, just a few years ago, um, uh, from a fall where he hit his head, cracked his head. And, uh, since he had brittle bone disease that killed him. Um, but he ended up marrying a beautiful woman who was also a PhD uh, Mindy, uh, and she was an amazing lady. He, she was beautiful. Um, so like he looked at his life and he said to himself, well, you know, I've got all these issues. What am I going to do? And he talked to his mom about it. And his mom says, well, you have a terrific gift. He says, gift. <laughs> you know, I'm in this wheelchair. I can't do anything. I can't even roll over. Uh, how is this a gift? She says, well, um, you could use that to motivate other people. Now, when I met Sean, and I think one of the pictures we should put up is when I'm sitting with him. But when I met Sean, um, the first thing I'm going to do, like anybody else, is I walked up to him and I said, man, I'm, I'm just I'm amazed at what you've done. You're just an incredible human being. And I reached out to shake his hand and he says, no, 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 bring it in. And he holds out his arms to hug me. And I thought, wow, this guy is an amazing human being. Um, and I think um, as an entrepreneur, get exposed to these people who beat the odds. Um, right. As you know, you know, David Goggins, he set the world record for pull-ups over 4,000, I think 4,080 pull-ups. 
Um, and he's done a lot of other accomplishments, Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, just goes on and on and on and on, you know, 250 mile races, you know, by foot, by the way, guys, if you're thinking that's a car, he right. ran that for several times back wow. to back. Um, what you have the ability to do, you'll never know if you don't do everything you can do. And I think that's the biggest problem. People do almost what they can do. You know, they go to the gym each day and they go, I'll do 10 push-ups." but they're never going to get to a hundred because they always do what they can do. And I think if you are not um, trying things that challenge you or that seem exceptional or things that you should not even try to do, you know, so many times I should quit uh, in my business. I just should have. I mean, it was just stupid right. to go on. I was ignorant to keep going, but <laughs> in doing so, it helped me tremendously. Uh, and I think, when you get a thought about something and you say to yourself, well, no, there's no way I can do that. I mean, that's, that's just too far. That's the thing you should do. That's exactly yeah. the thing you should do. And if you're trying your best, if you're really trying your best every day, um, it'll never get easy. Never, you know, and there's some enjoyment to that. Goggins is a beast, you know, which, right. you know, uh, but um, if you're not doing that every single day, you're really kind of cutting yourself short. You really are. So the answer is I can't quit. It's impossible to quit. Right. You know, but a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people do. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And I think for so many people listening, you know, if you're hearing this in your in your darker time, then that's what you have to remember. You know, you have to be able to remember to to keep going because it's it's going to be worth it. And it, it, it kind of goes in waves. It goes in flows. I want to hear more about, uh, you know, how things started to morph and change and, and what came out of uh, your successes with, uh, with your business and with, uh, with what you found that worked. Right now, you said it started to morph into other things. So let's hear a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, it really did. I was at a uh, meeting um, get together type thing with ClickBank uh, in Mexico. Uh, and at the time, you know, they were saying, well, we want to get into selling physical products. You know, we sell all these digital products and we've done very well at it. We want to sell physical products. The problem we have, and at the time they had a thing called ClickBank University, right. uh, which is long since gone, uh, but they had a course on how to use ClickBank. Uh, and that was, I'm trying to think of the two guys, Justin, and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. It slips my mind or slips my mind right now. But they came up with a course to show you how to use ClickBank. Um, and they wanted a course on how to sell digital products. So they said to me, they said, well, you sell a lot of digital products. Could you do a course on how to sell digital or excuse me, physical products? They went a course on physical products. And could you do a course on that? And I thought, yeah, sure. I mean, how hard could that be? It can't be that hard. Right. So I got together with a partner and we started on this course. Uh, and it took us, uh, I think, about a year, year and a half. I'm trying to remember now. I don't remember the time frame. Uh, we finally came out with that course. Uh, ClickBank um, ended up doing an interview with me on that course. And they did a webinar, which I, I didn't know what a webinar was. had no idea what a webinar was. Uh, and they did a webinar. And we ended up doing uh, well into the six figures in 72 hours on that course. Um, and it was from that interview. And that was called Digital Cash Academy. And it taught people how to do drop shipping online. Um, and from that course, you know, I did another course. It was, uh, you know, people were starting to use Shopify a lot then. Right. Um, 
so I did a course called Digital Cash Academy, or excuse me, I did the Digital Cash Academy, and then I did another one called Ecom Road. And Ecom Road basically taught people how to set up, you know, Shopify stores and do all this stuff. Uh, and then people wanted to know about emails. So I did another course called Email Earnings uh, System. Uh, and it kind of just snowballed to where I kept doing course after course after course. Um, and I was on a cruise. Matter of fact, I was on a cruise. Um, and we were just talking about the cruise I'm going on. It was the same one. Uh, and I had gotten into doing some consulting where people would pay me, you know, for my knowledge, which was funny because right. just a few years before that, I didn't even know how to send emails. Uh, <laughs> now people just sit, you know, pay me for consulting. And I started off charging five hundred dollars, uh, I think, a month, four ninety five a month. And then it was like ten ninety five and it was fifteen ninety five. And they would get a couple phone calls uh, and I could email with them back and forth. And I started doing consulting. Um, so I went on this cruise and I met a couple people on this cruise. Um, one of them had a, um, uh, I don't want to say the name of the company, but they had, uh, uh, how to get CBD cards, uh, and you could apply through their company in different States. And they had it set up this way. Uh, and I actually met this guy in the muster station. He was standing next to me. Uh, and he says, what do you do? And I said, well, what do you do? Uh, well, when I came back, um, they end up hiring me uh, and they were paying me, gosh, I think around 20 grand, something like that a month, um, you know, to get them up and running and how to market this company. And I met another uh, person on this cruise um, and that, and you see why I'm going on the cruise again. And, yeah, no uh, doubt. That person wanted me to do consulting and this individual owned a credit card company and a winery oh, uh, and they ended up paying me uh, $2,000 an hour to do consulting for them. I worked for them wow. for a couple months. I think it was 33 hours. It was around $66,000. Um, and this all grew really out of me starting to sell cell phone cases on eBay. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's the funniest thing. And, and what happens, and I think a lot of people keep their eyes closed to that. They have a business, they have a product. They think that is their life. Um, right. And it's not. You got it. Whenever you get into this, it's going to open you up to other things. I'm, I'm sure you probably have a story like that. Sure. I mean, you didn't, you know, sit down as a kid and say, I want to do a podcast and I want to invest in businesses. Did you? I mean, was that what you did? Not a chance. No, it, it doesn't work that way. And so many people look at where you're at and they go, how did you decide to be there? And the answer is I didn't. <laughs> it's not what I decided. It was That's right. It's a path you go down, right? I mean it just grows into something else. And if you keep your eyes open, you're going to see opportunities that you never saw before. Right. Um, and we talk about that cruise. The other thing I do is I don't ever go to an event or a meeting, you know, and I just went to one that uh, you were at too in Vegas and I didn't go there to say, who can I meet and what can I get out of them? You know? And I think a lot of people do that. I think you should go to whatever meeting it is and say, I'm going to this event. Who can I meet and who can I help? Right. And if you go with that attitude, if it's a bad event, it's your fault. Right. Right. <laughs> because you didn't help anybody. You didn't meet anybody. You know, right. um, yeah. it's not about what you can get from other people. It never has been, never will right. be. You know, that's such a great philosophy. And I mean, honestly, that's why we're here today because we, we were there and, and this kind of came out of that event and we figured out, you know, how we can, we can share the love and share the knowledge and share the wealth. And, and I think that's, that's such a great philosophy. Now I've been dying to ask, what's the bell? What's the bell? Um, you know, I do YouTube videos. I have a YouTube channel. If sure. you don't mind me mentioning it. Uh, absolutely. Um, Tell JR everybody Visual about Training. it. 
and I saw a lot of people, you know, saying, hey, subscribe to my channel, you know, turn on notifications. And one day I looked down and the notification is a little bell on YouTube. And I tell them now, and I, it's pretty loud. Do you want me to ring it or no? Yeah. Okay. So, so what yes. I do now is I say, don't forget to ring the bell and turn on all bell notifications so you're notified every time I upload a video or if I go live. Sure. Uh, and it's just a shtick at this point. I had the thing built. Um, the <laughs> actual housing to it actually came from a ship. Nice. Uh, and then they built the bell and they added these words on here, which I don't want to say because you can't do that on YouTube. Uh, but basically it's just get something done every day. What did you get done? I don't want to hear right. how hard you worked or how many hours you put in or how much you slaved or the problems that you conquered. What did you get done? Right. What did you get done? What did you complete today? Uh, and, and, and I, it drives me nuts when people say, well, well I started working on my website. Okay. That doesn't qualify because you can get it done. Right. What did you get done today? So that's that. basically what I talk about on my channel too, is what'd you get done because if you didn't get anything done, it doesn't matter how much work you did. It doesn't matter. What did you get done? I love that. And that's, that is a great motto for any entrepreneur. What'd you get done? Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it, it could be going to the gym. Well, I, you know, I worked out for three hours or whatever it is, you know, three hours is a bit excessive, but not for David Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If there was the let's go with uh the your favorite uh marketing principle that you've acquired through the end this is a big a big question right but right, right, if right. you could pick your favorite marketing principle that you've gleaned through all of the ups and the downs and the journey what, what would it be well you know this changes um over time and daily um, today you caught me on a day, which you don't even know it, but I was recording YouTube videos. Uh, I've recorded eight of them today. Sure. So I would say my favorite marketing thing is really giving some type of content that's useful. And you say, well, you don't get paid for that. You don't make money on that. Well, technically I do because there's ads that run on it and all that, but I do get paid because what happens is when somebody sees a video that I did, um, they go, wow, that's interesting. Maybe I'll go to his website. Maybe I'll go here and look at his stuff. Maybe I'll buy one of his courses. Maybe I'll do this. So I think putting out free content for people is super important. And I think um, that's probably the best thing I do is put out free content. And in doing so, it helps build your brand. It lets you know what people are all about. And the other mistake people do when they go to give out free content, I think this is a big one, is they don't want to give away their good stuff. You're like, nah, I don't want to give away my good stuff. I'm just going to give away a little bit of stuff and get them curious and tell them if they buy my stuff, then they're going to get the good stuff. And that's the wrong way to go about it. You want to give away your really, really, really good stuff. And the reason you want to do that is because it is your really, really good stuff. And if it's good, they're going to really enjoy it. and They'll be more likely to buy your other stuff, whatever that may be. Hopefully that's good too. But don't right. hold back on what is really useful and helpful to somebody. They should watch what you have and, and listen to you and be able to apply it and get a result. If they can do that, they're going to want your other stuff. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Give away the secret sauce, right? You got to get not? the sauce away. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in today's world where it's, there's so much available. You got to show the, the, that you know your stuff. And well, yeah. That. And so many people say, pay me and I'll show you all the cool stuff I know. Well, no. Why would I pay you if I haven't seen the cool stuff that you know? <laughs> right. You know? right. It's like, I don't want to pay you until I see cool stuff. 
right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take that a uh, slightly different direction. You've run, uh, you know, these million-dollar companies. You've you've kind of been through the ropes. What's one of your favorite operational strategies that you've learned through the years to to keep your businesses running like clockwork? That that's absolutely never changes, and that's email marketing. I mean, email marketing, uh, and and I I have a, a tool that I use that actually it does. It does the funnels, it does the sales pages, it does all these different things. But if you learn how to market through email, email pays you back $14 for every dollar you invest if done properly. Okay. And it's automated. So right now, as we're talking, there are emails going out to people who are signing up on my web pages or on YouTube or whatever. And they're going to automatically get emails from me that I wrote maybe three or four years ago. Sure. I mean, how cool is that? Right. Yes. And it costs mm -hmm. me nothing. You know, right. outside of the, the well, the email <laughs> provider I use now costs me a lot just because our list is so big. Right. But it's just so cool that you know, when I go to bed every night, when I go to lunch every day, whatever, there's emails automatically going out. They're all automated. There's sales funnels there. You know, there's people opting in. It's just it's just beautiful thing. I, I don't know of anything else like email marketing. I mean, and I yeah. look at a lot of marketing things, but email marketing is phenomenal. It really is. I love that. And I couldn't write an email when I started. Keep that in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, then that's that's part of the, you know, the best education we can get is being an entrepreneur, it seems. <laughs> it is really. You just gotta go and people always say, Where do I start? I'm like, throw a rock wherever it lands, just go to that point and get started. Right. And it exactly. doesn't matter really, because there is no right place to start. You just gotta start. That's that's another big piece of advice. So many people I have literally had people that I've known for four or five years that were telling me what they're working on and they're still working on it. And they haven't started. They still haven't started. I'm like, just start. You know, they're still taking courses. They're still watching videos, but they still haven't started their business. You know, it drives me batty. Yeah. Yeah. OK, let's do this one. What is the best thing you've learned about sales on your journey? Hmm. Uh, I will tell you this. My background was in sales. I used to run car dealerships. So right. I've got, you know, 25 years of experience in that. Um, but the best thing to learn in sales is don't sound salesy. Don't push people into buying stuff. Right. You know, right. uh, find out what their um, wants and desires are and fulfill that. Um, you know, one thing, you know, I'll go back to car dealerships, you know, and I trained all my salespeople. I ended up being a vice president of automotive group. And, you know, the salespeople would go out and say, can I help you? And of course, the customer is going to say, no, thank you. I'm just looking. I mean, you already know the answer to that. So why do it? You have to get into their heads. I knew that a husband and wife are going to sit at home. They're going to go, hey, let's do this. Let's go out and let's check out some cars, but we're not going to buy anything today. Let's just try to figure out, you know, what the payments are and what pricing is and what our trades were. And we'll go to three or four places and then we'll come back home and then we'll make a decision. And they say, that sounds like a plan. So they go out to a car dealership. The guy gets out of the car. The woman gets out of the car. A guy runs up. He goes, can I help you? And they're like, no, thank you. We're just looking. So the whole process is broken right there. Right. So what I taught people to do is to go out there and empathize with these people. Go out there and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs., whoever you are, I just want you to know there's no pressure here. You don't have to buy anything. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to look around, drive some of these cars, uh, see what they're like, and then if you want some payments, you want interest rates, you want to know what your car is worth, I'll be happy to provide all that to you. And then you can leave and take that information and shop at another dealership or go home and think about it. Is that fair enough? 
And then the, the husband and wife would say, well, that's exactly what we wanted to do. We like you. Oh, this is really <laughs> different. Matter of fact, we'd like to drive that one over there. But the first salesperson was pushy and they didn't understand what they were really there for. Now, here's the funny thing to the story. If I say that to somebody and they drive my cars and they get the interest rates and they know what the payments, they know what their trade-in is, they very well may just buy a car. Right. <laughs> right. Know? And that's normally what happens when you start with that approach. That is so true. Yeah. That is that is great advice. Yeah. My goodness. We could literally sit and talk for ages. And I know that just about everything we talk about would be incredible and of great benefit. So I look forward to hopefully having you back on the show another time, sure. but uh, let's, let's let everybody know how they can find you, how they can learn more from you and, and get some more, tell them about your YouTube channel a bit more and, and just how they can connect to the things that you have, because I want to make sure that everybody knows how to find their way to you. Absolutely. And everybody needs survival food. So don't forget that. Um, I do have a, I do have a book on Amazon called The Great American Food Shortage. Uh, and it talks about food shortages and how we have them and why we have them. Um, and it's a really interesting book. It'll tell you who really controls the food supply in the world. And it's literally controlled in the world by a few families. Um, so I would I would say check out that book. Uh, in addition to that, I do uh, manufacture survival foods. And you can find all that at survivalcavefood.com. That's like a cave, you know, that thing you live in, survivalcavefood.com. You'll find that there. Um, you can also find me at jrfisher.com, my name. Uh, you can go there and find a lot of useful information. And, of course, on YouTube, uh, J.R. Fisher Training. Uh, so just type in J.R. Fisher Training on YouTube, and there's over 1,300 videos on there that don't sell you anything. All they do is give you information on how you can start, run, and grow online businesses. Um, so those are the major areas. And, of course, you know, there's – Twitter and all that other stuff and Instagram, all that good stuff. You just look for me there. I'm, I'm sure I'm there somewhere. That's awesome. And yeah. we will for sure put those links in the description. So okay. everybody take a look, click on the links, go follow JR, learn what you can from him. Watch this again, take some notes because there's some great things in there that you need to do and glean from our conversation. JR, thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and wisdom with our audience. Thank you for being here and, and being a guest on our show. Thank you so much. And what a great podcast. Uh, so I've got to share that too, right? I got to get that out there. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.